Welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Today, I have Matt Mallett, VP Sales at Jedox over in Boston. Matt, how are things, man? Things are great. We got a great day today. We got a polar vortex coming tomorrow. I'm going to be waking up to about 24 degrees Fahrenheit for the non-Canadians listening to our, our podcast here today. Uh, very excited and uh, and uh Looking forward to uh, to talking with you further, Paul. Thanks well, I, pr- I appreciate you freeing up the time sincerely, and uh, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, given where we are in the world right now, early May, um, how are you handling things with uh, the COVID and the quarantine, and uh, how are you doing with it? You know, something the the we've had really great great leadership that allowed us to work from home. Um, I'd be I'd be remiss to say that we have not been impacted. Um, obviously we're in a sales, we're a sales company and our products are agnostic when it comes to industry. So we don't have any type of prejudices towards any specific industry. With that being said, you know, we've obviously been impacted and, you know, the, the, the pipelines were a little bit low for a little bit. Deals are getting pushed, but, you know, we've, we've had a really good, um, we've had a really good team that we've been able to establish some real rules of accountability with daily calls, check-ins. Uh, we have our FaceTime meetings. We're able to get some sort of human interaction and uh, and real good buy-in. Uh, we haven't faced any type of layoffs or furloughs. We have really good backing with the company, so we're really happy uh, overall. And uh, we actually attained our Q1 target. So, and we're on we're on pace for Q2 as well. Well, okay. Well, congratulations, and I'm glad to hear that uh, you know mentally everybody's hanging in there, and uh, hopefully you know we're uh, there is a light here somewhere, but uh, uh, it's unprecedented, but it is what it is, right? That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, we're we're all hoping to gain back a sense of normalcy soon, Paul. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, listen, let's get into it then. So, the, as you know, the title of the podcast is "Your Intention Matters," and it really is built on the foundation of. Nothing is really handed uh, to any of us, and we have to create this through mindset and through uh, intention. And and I'm looking forward to you sharing your career because, like most of us in the world of sales, it's anything but a straight line. And, and so, if you're ready, um, let's get into it. You ready to go? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. So, let's go back early 2000s, 2000, 2001. Uh, University of Rhode Island. You graduate with what? I graduated with business management degree, uh, which I had no idea where that was going to take me. And uh, I was working in restaurants at the time. So way back when over in South Kingston, Rhode Island, fun times over near the beach. All right. So you're in Rhode Island. Uh, now you're in Boston. But you're but where did you go? What, what was your first sales job after graduating? Oh, good question. Yeah. So it's a, somewhat of a long story. So I'm, I'm in Rhode Island and, and, and trying to figure out where to go. Uh, bartending at the time, sending out resumes, you know, nobody really wants to take a chance uh, because I didn't really know where to apply. And and it wasn't like we had all these resources. I think monster.com was the only job application website to go to. I was going into the newspapers and highlighting jobs and making phone calls and picking up, dialing for dollars, as we say now, which I didn't even understand that that concept existed back then. So I'm in Rhode Island. It's it's 2001. Um, One of my best friends died. Um, shortly there, about a week later, uh, the girl that I was with for about uh, a year and a half, we, we unfortunately broke up. The apartment that I was staying in took over new ownership, and uh, I found myself needing to go somewhere. 
So my best friend in the entire world, he was the best man in my wedding, I was the best man in his wedding. He graduated from the University of Georgia in marketing. He says, what are you doing? I, said, I don't even know. So he says, come down to Georgia. I'll get, you a, I'll get you a job. I know enough people. So we go down to Athens, Georgia, having a great time down there. It's a party city to anybody who doesn't know it. And uh, I'm actually waiting tables at Chili's uh, while bartending at uh, an establishment downtown, which it's a, a wonderful establishment down there, having a great time. Uh, waiting tables at Chili's, I actually had somebody approach me and they said, uh, what are you doing waiting tables? I said, eh, well, I'm just having a good time. Not really sure where life is going to take me at this point. He says, well, I want you to meet somebody down in, in, uh, in downtown Atlanta. So, okay, great. Sure. Let, let's meet them. So I, I go to this interview. They hire me um, pretty much on the spot. We go for a, a kind of a day two drive by and you know, try by type of thing where, you know, you follow the leader and kind of see them out in the field. I said, I, I really love to do field sales. It sounds like something for me. Um, and and to, to, to go back in some of my other restaurant jobs, I always used to win all the, the contests, right? You put it, put it, put a challenge in front of me with a contest. I'd always win ribs and daiquiris and margaritas, whatever it might, might've been. So then we go over to Bell South and um, I, 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 I find out that I have this knack to, and, and I always had the gift to gab, as you can hear from my raspy voice, but um, really did I not, I didn't understand how to really hone in and, and harness some of those sales traits that were already ingrained in my DNA. Uh, and, uh, and I was really, I was really happy with it, uh, with, with the opportunity. I was surrounded by some really great people that gave me the, uh, the fundamental uh, baseline or the foundational baseline, I should say, to set me up for success. And uh, I was actually the, 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 the fastest, I might be able to edit that part out. I was the fastest um, person to receive three promotions within one year. Uh, within the entire company's uh, history. So very proud of that. I was the number one representative out of over 1,100 reps uh, representing uh, you know, various campaigns that we had at that time. And uh, yeah, it, it, it took me over to Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City, they, had, they asked us to... Um, they asked us to, to represent this other campaign, which is SBC Global. And SBC Global was Southwestern Bell, Pacific Bell, and Ameritech all merged into this 28-state conglomerate, this big, huge organization that everyone knows as SBC Global. And it was supposed to be this wonderful, wonderful campaign. Do you want me to hit stop here for a second or pivot nope. to another question? Okay. Um, from we, we, uh, we get trained. We're in the, we're in the office. We, we pack up everything we can. And if you can appreciate the reference from Spaceballs, we're joking around with the women that were packing up in this 24-foot rider truck and screaming at them, only what you need to survive, we're trying to pack it up with. So we pack it up and, and I'm, I'm, I'm climbing through and uh, I'm literally in the back of this truck and I'm not a small guy, I'm about six feet, about 220. And, uh, and I'm climbing in and I'm, I'm, I'm jigsawing all these things to try to make everything fit. Finally get in there, we get out to Oklahoma City um, we were in a training for four days, um, downtown, right near where the, uh, the McVeigh bombings were actually mm. rebuilt the entire city, beautiful city down there in Bricktown now, shout out to my, all my OKC folks. And, um, we finally get on Friday. We, they say, we're finally ready to get out in the field and we've been cooped up for 11, 12 hour days. We get out into the field and about two hours in clear channel broadcasting comes over all the radio channels and they say, all right, folks, we've been through this before. I've been through what before I get outside and all the sirens are going off. So the sky goes dark green, almost black. We find out that it's a tornado and we're living in tornado alley. I didn't know anything about tornado alley up from Amarillo, Texas, all the way up to Wichita. 
So it's our, our fifth day. And then and to, to give a little bit more context to it, my rent was, it was $262.50. The reason why I know that is because covered parking was $450. I'm in my, I'm in my early 20s. What do I need to spend $450? I can spend it on beer and sure. other things that I didn't need at the time. Right? Important stuff. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, going out and doing shots and all that stuff that we do in our early 20s. Um, so I come to find out the there was a hailstorm. We lived right off of Lake Hefner, a place called uh, or the street was Northwest 122nd. And we lived right off the lake and the lake could either amplify it or it could deter a tornado. And we got to the point where um, we, we got hit by the tornado. So we're in the bottom of a building. We're drinking this three and a half percent beer because Oklahoma City limits the, the alcohol percentage, which was terrible. So we drank a uh, a few sociable cocktails. Uh, my car was totaled, actually, the first week I was there. So now I have no means because the size of the hail uh, caused over 3,000 dents in my car and smashed all my windows and windshield. Uh, fast forward about three months later, we, we had a successful campaign, but mom got sick. Um, and I, I decided to come back home. It was time to come back home and uh, found my way into finance at that time. So from there, uh, I was I was very fortunate to be linked up with a gentleman. And is it okay if I name him by name? If you'd like to. Yeah, his name is Peter Samaglia. And, and I mentioned him because he has been uh, like an uncle to me. He's been a complete mentor. He took me under his wing. And I was this wet behind the ears kid from just south of Boston, Massachusetts, with this terrible accent that I had to, I had no idea how to pronounce my R's at the time, which thankfully I do now. And, um, you know, he really showed me the way. And, and he helped me get from loan officer to team leader um, and then, and then a, a few rankings beyond that. So I was really, really, really fortunate to be able to get with him. Um, so Matt, just, let, me, let me summarize yeah. where we're at here. So you, early 2000, 2001, you're, you're ready to start your career. Uh, you have a personal relationship that ends. You, you lose uh, what a dear friend of yours. And at the time that 9-11 had, had happened or was happening, and so the, the world was kind of in a, a unique state then, fearful Frenzy. and not knowing what's happening. You go down to Atlanta, um, never, you know, never been there before in terms of living there. It takes you over to Oklahoma City. You experience a, a tornado. Your car gets totaled. Your mom takes ill, and you decide, okay, I've got to come back to, to the New England area. Yep. And where did you, where did you, I mean, that's, that's a rough start to your career, even though you were able to have success in, from a revenue perspective with sales, you had a lot going on, man. So congrats on being able to persevere and, and, and kind of, you know, stay sane with all of that, because I'm sure it was not the easiest thing to do. No, certainly not. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, what? I was really close to my grandfather, I'm going to share you a quote that he shared with me. Um, and he talked about it a lot. And, and for me, I, you know, I've always had success around sports. I, I've been a jock my entire life. And he said, you know, Matt, everyone's always waiting for you to, to fail, right? And they're going to remember you more for how you react to adversity rather than how you celebrate triumph, because they're used to you celebrating triumph. So when you fail, all the spotlights are going to be on you. And, and they're waiting for that. So how you react to that adversity, you'll be more remembered that. So I'll always remember that. And I do, you know, and, and, and it was there was some adversities. There was four months of uncertainty, not knowing where the next job was going to be. And yeah. it was a bit scary at the time. So Matt, so you decided to come home. Uh, you were talking about just getting into, you got into finance. I know that you worked at Embrace Home Loans for, it was like almost like a decade, yeah. uh, just about. And, and then you moved on to Oracle for four to five years as well. 
Talk to me about the decision to to leave Embrace and move to Oracle. Did you raise your hand? Did they find you after a decade of a, of working for an organization with success and multiple um, uh, promotions and different roles? Um, I don't imagine that was an overnight decision. Certainly not. And I was I had a few team members that um, I was working with. Uh, one of them worked for me that moved over to Oracle, and not knowing. I didn't even know who Oracle was mm. <laughs> to be quite as it's, it's tough to understand that now to grasp that I was so shut off from the tech world, not even having an understanding. I knew who SAP was. Sure. I knew, I knew Microsoft and, and, uh, and, and IBM, but I didn't even know that Oracle was this major, I mean, they are the thousand pound gorilla. In tech. And uh, they said, Matt, you're wasting your time. I said, well, you know, we, we talked a couple of times and, and it came to a point where I survived a couple of different bubble crashes or bubble pops, whatever you want to call it. And I was finding myself working double to make half. And so I finally interviewed at Oracle. Um, the two organizations said, we love you. We can't hire you. We want a spending freeze. Said, All right, fine. So, <laughs> of course. So I, 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 I keep trucking along. Uh, I'm living in South Boston at the time. And, uh, and, and then finally they say, we got an orga- another organization. They want to offer you the job. So they go through this whole level of workflow. I got the verbal. I'm just waiting to, you know, for the start date. I go out, I, I have lunch with a couple of the guys. I have lunch with my uh, my regional manager who I'm supposed to be working under. Um, I ended up golfing with a couple of guys on a weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, come to find out they've ripped that position out and that organization cut off that patch. So they said, we're going to condense the team down from 10 to nine. We're just going to shut that patch off. Okay, great. Now we're back to the drawing board again. Two weeks later, I, I, I get a call from, from Oracle, from the recruiter. She's like, we have a position in consulting. We'd, we'd, we'd love you to interview. We've had good reviews from the other, you know, the other organizations, the other leaders. You know, would you be willing to give us another shot? I said, oh, I'm exhausted at interviewing at Oracle at this point. Um, so I did, and, and they did not have a freeze. They had a really open spot, and it was a good patch. And um, I started about two weeks later once I went through this whole quote-unquote workflow of uh, about 11 levels of approval that Oracle takes before they onboard somebody. All right. So, you're, so well, I'm glad to hear that you were able to you know, make that happen uh, and, and, and um, be, be pers- uh, you know, persevere with it because that would have been a challenge, just all the interviews. And mentally, you might have gone, okay, I've had enough of this. And let's move on. So you end up at Oracle, and w- once you're behind the firewall, I imagine you understood. Well, no, they are a pretty giant company in that industry, in the global presence. Lots of runway for different uh, careers and opportunities, and and great brand strength uh, and a history of, of successful um, technology and offerings. And you know, I worked at Xerox for about a decade, and 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 so when I was there, you know, it was it was a hard decision for me to leave because nobody was really kicking me out the door. I had a pretty decent path, but I wanted to do to do something different. Oftentimes, when company when individuals will work for a large organization and there is a pretty decent pathway, uh, and it's a it's a safe environment. Um, did did you raise your hand after five years at Oracle? Did somebody find you? Did you like what what, what happened there? Why leave? Well, first off, I'll say that I have nothing but appreciation and gratitude for what the Oracle family gave me. So um, with that being said, there was a lot of transitions and, and I worked my way from, you know, uh, uh, from representative inside account executive to senior rep. I was on the senior rep council and, and I always, you know, anybody who knows me in an inside sales organization, they say, hey, Matt, and through the hallways, everyone kind of knows me. I'm, I, I, I kind of try to network and, and be friendly and get to know as many people as I can. 
So I moved organizations. I went from tech to apps and, and was running an inside outside team um, of uh, between 10 and 12 reps, depending on the, um, the size at the time. We were mainly focused on mid-market, and but we were handling a lot of the on-premise work. So we we're doing ERPs, some EPM stuff, some product lifecycle management, but it was about 40 different modules within our bag. And then Oracle made the switch to all cloud. So we weren't handling some of the renewals and the on-premise where that actually took over a lot of our, uh, our income and our revenue and in our numbers and our quota attainment. So it was a switch. And, you know, from an income basis, it was it, the writing on the wall was not great. Um, and then I was I, I was recruited by a couple of different outfits and, and found my way into a very random niche uh, market, which was a workspace management, still a software company. Mm. So still still the same values of what I learned at Oracle. And Oracle does a wonderful job of training individuals. They talk about Sandler, some of the Costigan uh, sales and, and, and various other methods. And uh, they put you through a boot camp, and it's great. And, and it was very appreciated because coming from an industry that had no understanding about tech and this whole idea of, of how to cold call to a, a business versus a customer, what I was doing in the past, it was, it was truly refreshing, a little scary, a little daunting because, you know, you're the new guy and, you know, being in my early thirties at the time and working around, you know, a lot of folks that are in their, you know, uh, you know maybe early to mid twenties, it was, uh, I had to make sure that I separated myself and they understood mm. who Papa Bear was. <laughs> Good. And, uh, well, listen, congrats on everything you've been able to create, because uh, as I said at the start, most of us don't have a straight line career. And you've had some different experiences with some personal, uh, you know, factors as we all have in there as well. They have to manage, and so congrats on what you've been able to create. And and you know, a year in now at Jetox, and things seem to be going pretty good. And so I always like to ask a question, Matt, of anybody who comes on. If anybody came to you uh, looking for a piece of advice, uh, if there's anything that, and I'm sure there's lots that you probably could, you know, share. But if there was one piece of advice that maybe was shared with you over the years that stuck with or that you would say to somebody else, whether it be just about sales or just about life, what, what might that be? It's a very easy answer. Uh, I've, had, I've, been, <laughs> I've, I've had this question asked to me a bunch of times. Be coachable. Mm. That's uh, above all. Um, I developed a mantra back in 2004, my first managerial position. It call, it's uh, called TACT, T-A-A-C-T. And it stands for trust, approachability, accountability, clear expectations, and transparency. And I live that with my life, with my daughters. I, I have twin daughters. They are five years old as of today. If they ever hear this podcast, hello, Madeline and Haley, uh, my babies. Um, you know, so to, to tailor it back, I live that life with them. I live it with my personal life, with my relationships, with my friends, uh, as well as my family, but obviously within my, my professional network as well. It's very important to me that the uh, approachability factor, which is obviously after trust, trust is yeah. the number one. Uh, I want everyone to understand that they can talk to me, right? And and when it, when it comes to managing people, you need they need to be coached <clears throat> how they need to be coached, not how you coach. Yeah. And I think that there's some malleability that comes into play um, where I've had some success by understanding people, who they are as a person, what makes their clock tick, what are their motivational factors. Um, and then the clear expectations, they know me. I, I, I show my cards, so to speak. And, uh, and then it comes along with the transparency as well. So I've, um, yeah, but the coachability factor, <clears throat> excuse me, above all is, is, is what has made me successful. And that was ingrained 
in me at a very early age. Well, you know, Matt, you're, I, I, I so appreciate that, uh, that advice, and it really resonates with me. Anybody who's a regular listener to this podcast would have heard me say in previous episodes that in my sales management days at Xerox, uh, from my perspective, I was highly ineffective at it, and, and it was because I, I didn't coach the way that you suggested to be coached. My coaching style was, well, this is the way I did it, so this is how you should do it, and that just didn't work, and so I appreciate that, uh, that comment, and uh, on that note, I think um, let's wrap this one up. It's been great talking with you. Uh, great talking to you, Paul. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me yeah, here I, today. I appreciate it. Well, actually, no, Matt. Let's. Uh, I have one more question for you. Sure. All right. So uh, you're in Boston, uh, Atlanta, Oklahoma City, back to uh, New England. Are you a a, a, um, a Falcons fan? Are you a, a Cowboys <laughs> fan? Are you a Bruins? Are you a Patriots? What are you? Uh, I've never. My allegiance has never escaped me. Boston Bruins. Boston Red Sox, New England Patriots, and the Boston Celtics. They, they will always have my heart, uh, especially to those Atlanta Falcons fans that were celebrating when they were up 28-3 to in the third quarter in the Super Bowl. Hats off to you guys for, for mailing that one in. We appreciate the extra ring. And, and, you know, Matt, based on that, you know, I, I might not publish this, uh, this podcast because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Toronto boy and I, I just can't, I can't stand all the winning that Boston experiences in sports. It's like, you've got to give another city and an option here. I mean, every sport you guys dominate and I'm tired of it. <laughs> We've been very, very, very fortunate. You know, we're losing Brady. I think the, the reign of the, of the, of the Patriots is, is going to take a little bit of a pause and, while we rebuild a little bit, but uh, yeah, we've been very fortunate, been in the sports Mecca really for the past two decades. And uh, you know, being hockey, being my first love um, I'm not sorry about the Leafs not being able to, to to be able to pass us by in the playoffs. We've been your Achilles heel and you guys, you know, on paper, I'm not going to say that you guys were, were, were worse than us on paper. You guys have some stacked teams. You got a really young team right now. I think yeah. you guys are going to have some real good success for the years to come. Well, the last go around, we had we had home ice in Game Six and we blew it. And so, you know, what are you going to do? So, uh, anyways, Matt, listen, appreciate you being here, everybody. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Remember that your intention matters because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Be safe, everybody. Thank you.